Hello from Hollywood and welcome to this very special episode of the Greatest Show on Grass podcast. I'm your host and ringmaster, Joshua Newman, and I'm joined today by Eric Gardner, senior editor at The Hollywood Reporter. The Greatest Show on Grass explores the past, present, and future of the recently reconstituted Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I say this is a very special episode because it's not every day that the Rams make a trade that lands them the number one draft pick in the NFL draft. But that's what they did on April 14th. Uh, By the time you're listening to this, the Rams will most likely have selected Cal quarterback Jared Goff with the first pick to play quarterback and, of course, star on HBO's Hard Knocks. Um, The details of the trade, uh, Tennessee sent um, its top selection along with its fourth and sixth round picks from this year to the Rams in exchange for Los Angeles's first round pick two second-round selections, third-round pick, and next year's first and third-round picks. First of all, Eric, did you like the trade? Well, you know, I I do like the trade. Uh, You know, typically, I much prefer trading down than trading up. But this is kind of an interesting uh, circumstance here because, you know, it's no secret that the Rams really need the QB. And to get a star QB... Uh, in kind of the middle portion of the first round was not going to happen. You can always hit on maybe Paxton Lynch, but uh, I, I think it did take a bold stroke. And, uh, you know, I'm quite happy with, you know, what they did. Did they give up too much? Maybe. Um, but over, but overall, it, this is the kind of move that they needed to, to you know, happen. You know, historically, they've done, they've been on either side of these deals they have i mean that was one thing that was mentioned right away oh it's the opposite of the rg3 trade um but they've done this before um going back to of course you know when they netted michael brockers and janoris jenkins and alec ogletree uh, among among many others they traded uh, up for tavin austin they, they also traded uh bettis and uh yeah, that lawrence one. phillips Let's that not, was a big bust but that, yeah. on the other hand the you know when they traded up number one for Orlando Pace that, you know, arguably was the beginning of uh, of their uh, never were, but could have been dynasty. I wasn't expecting you to like the deal. I mean, I had, I hate the trade. Um, I'm, you know, we'll talk about Goff versus Wentz uh, in a moment, but um, I just think this team vastly overestimates how close they are to contending um, for a playoff spot, a Super Bowl. Um, you heard right after the trade, Jeff Fisher uh, make the analogy to the Seahawks before they got Russell Wilson. And uh, I just don't see this team there. I see this team um, lacking uh, adequate players on a, lo- a lot of places on the team. Um, and I think there's just... Uh, I think the defense is a strength, but I still don't think it's a dominant unit. I think the offense, there's this perception that the off, that they stocked up on offensive linemen last year. <laughs> um, they certainly selected a lot, but that euphemism stocked up sort of uh, insinuates that they're loaded there now. And I think that's uh, uh, a mistaken notion. Uh, wide receiver, they're, they're dreadful. They're the worst in the league. So, you know, I think they needed draft picks more than anything? Well, put it this way. I mean, it's really hard to judge how close or not they are to uh, competing without a QB. 
Yeah. Um, you know, without 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 that essential part of the team, uh, they can you know be quite dynamic and and still be far away and and so and i would have been and based on that that is true um and i i'm glad we're gonna get to see how close they are Uh, i think there a lot of good can come out of this obviously um and quite frankly saying that this being against this trade means you have supreme faith in fisher and sneed to utilize and make correct decisions with all of those draft picks they traded away but um but yeah, I mean, if they're going to, their two number twos are going to go to guys like Brian Quick and Isaiah Pede, then yeah, sure. I'm all on board for a quarterback. Um, I just, you know, I think this is the sort of trade that you make when there's an undisputed uh, franchise quarterback sitting there at number one in Andrew Luck, a Peyton Manning type. I don't think, I mean, the fact that there wasn't even consensus about who the best quarterback was. Um, you know, points to the fact that like this is a roll of the dice to a certain extent. Maybe, although you know, during the, during Peyton Manning se- season, they were people who thought that Ryan Lee should have gone first when uh, Andrew Luck was you know at top of the board. There were people who thought RG three was was the better QB. Um, so the, I mean, I, I understand the point. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, most scouts kind of agree that this crop of of QBs is isn't you know. Manning level is is not Andrew Luck level, but I I think that there there's a good debate to be had whether w- whether or not um you know Goff can be as good as say Jameis Winston. I think so. Did, what did you think of the time? I'm wondering what you think of this. The timing of this um trade. Um, I look back through it, you know, the years. Some of the big uh t- the times that number one picks in the draft has, have been traded, and almost without exception it's you know within 24 hours of the draft because you know we're talking when we're, you know jeff george 1990 orlando pace 1997 michael vick 2001 the eli manning uh flip-flop uh with san diego in uh 2004 um and the reasoning behind that is teams get desperate they get needy and you want to a it's a, it's a high stakes game of poker. You want the seller to have pressure on them to feel like, oh my God, they're not going to be able to make the trade. And the buyer doesn't want to be uh, bidding against a marketplace that they don't know, a market that they don't yet know exists. Mm-hmm. I think that there are two factors. One is that- The Rams are two, so two weeks early, the Rams make this. Two weeks early, yeah. right. Well, there are two factors. One is that that- this is a different era. Uh, they've, they've changed the salary cap structure. Um, you know, now there's a lot more assurance about, about, you know, what players at certain spots are going to be making. Whereas before, uh, you know, there was a lot of less uncertainty. So, so, you know, teams had, had a much bigger financial consideration when, when deciding whether to choose number one or choosing, uh, you know, say 15. Uh, the other factor is that you know the Titans drafted Mariota last year. They don't need a QB, and uh, there were certain teams who were desperate for a QB. So uh, the market was was pretty much out there. A team that that made it pretty well known that they wanted to trade down. The only question was when they were going to do it. Whether they're going to pull the trigger now or pull the trigger later. Um, yeah, it's so it's my been, my theory yeah. is that the Rams paid a premium. To, for the two weeks of chatter leading up to the draft. I don't think so. That the Rams paid, paid a premium on wanting to have a 
handsome, starry-eyed California-born quarterback on Hard Knocks. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that the uh, that it, the trade would have been about the same uh, had had they waited. Hey, look! Look what the Eagles did. Uh, you know, just uh, a, a few days afterwards. That tote that I mean, is at, they they paid they yeah. paid pretty much the same price. Well, they yeah they I would be really upset if I was an Eagle fan. I mean, for the Rams, I understand we're trying to reestablish some. We're we're doing personnel at personnel we're making personnel choices and we're making branding decisions here we're trying to establish ourselves and in a very real way i don't think it's just me looking out for the interests of the team i'm concerned about the chargers or the raiders coming here deciding to come here you know in the next year i want the rams to capitalize on any opportunity uh that they have to be first in in this market and i understand that that has it it has value and I've been talking to, to have a, a, a you know, a, a quarterback that you think might be a franchise quarterback. And I, you know, and for weeks I've been thinking how I've been talking about how ridiculous it, it is. The notion of, you know, Case Keenum or Nick Foles starting. I mean, we needed a quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I thought that the Rams would trade up. I'm surprised that they traded up to number one. That was a huge shock. But I fully expected that they were going to trade up to at least six or seven for one of these guys. So to me, it's, it's not surprising, uh, you know, they wanted to do this all along. And you just, you know, you ask yourself like, well, if they had not made the trade, what would they have done? They probably would have taken a wide receiver in the first round and, and a bit of depth uh, on defense and, you know, who, who, who knows what else. In the second round, so can you give that up? I mean, the the odds of of those receive those wide receivers hitting it aren't that great. They they, they were yeah, less of I a crop than the QBs. I, I totally agree. It was a weak draft for wide receivers, but it was a very strong draft for third to fourth round talent um, and depth. A very, a very untop heavy draft. But they, the the Rams have a very young team. I mean, yes. I understand your point that that they might not be close to you know competing for a Super Bowl, but on the other hand, uh, this is a young enough team where they can go a year or two without without multiple uh, top picks and survive and still. And, are you, yeah, I'm. I mean, are you? If we fast forwarded one year yeah. and, you, and the Rams had the worst record in the NFL, would that be shocking to you? <laughs> It'd be a little shocking. I mean, because I don't think it, yeah. I think it's more likely that that pick from 2017 that they traded away is the number one pick than it is the number 30 pick. Uh, it'll, pro it'll probably be in the middle, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I, they probably have um, a better chance of finishing last in the division than finishing. And the Patriots are a team that can, Super Bowl winner. Can, that can trade number one picks and get away with it. You know, I, I just don't see the Rams. I mean, that's the part that they but, could have given away this whole, I would have done this whole draft for the number one pick, right. even lack it, even without, a Peyton Manning level uh, quarterback there. Um, so worst comes, worst comes the worst. They finish the, you know, absolute disaster, uh, disastrous. And they, you know, they lose the top pick of, of the 2017 yep. draft. Still have a second rounder, still have a third rounder. Yep. Uh, assuming that they get a compensatory pick. So it's not, it's not, I don't think it'll be a disaster. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you've probably noticed a certain interest we have in the bedroom exploits of Los Angeles Rams players. It's not just to titillate. 
Bob Waterfield and Jane Russell, Glenn Davis and Elizabeth Taylor, Dick Bass and Ava Gardner. The bedroom was where the Rams became Hollywood's team as much as on the field, or at least almost as much. So it makes perfect sense that our first sponsor would be a mattress company. Made in America, a Casper mattress is obsessively engineered and at a shockingly fair price. $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. You can try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. The Greatest Show on Grass is delighted to present this special offer to listeners. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com. That's www.casper.com slash grass and using the promo code grass. Terms and conditions apply. We were texting the second it happened. I woke up. You were on the East Coast. You had the news before I was hadn't even had my coffee. And I looked at my phone and said, you know, we, we got the top pick. And our first reaction was Carson Wentz, obviously, um, because he's been the consensus top quarterback, I would say, for two, I, two months. I don't know if I'd call him the consensus, but he seems so Jeff Fisher-like. Yeah. Um, and it, so it, it makes sense. What I mean, do you mean by that? Um, a very kind of aggressive, smart guy who, who clearly loves to play, um, you know, can, can, can pound it out perfect for, for, for a run first offense. Um, you could see, you could see them doing, you know, a lot of things with him and Gurley, um, together, um, just makes, it makes a lot of sense from, from a personnel standpoint. Uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, I do think that Goff is is a uh, is is better for better for them. Um, so, you know, I, I at first, you know, I thought honestly, first I, I wasn't sure. I thought might have been Goff. Then I, I was leaning towards Wentz, and now signs seem to point to to Goff. Though, though, you seem to be a lot more sure. And by the time this comes out, everyone will know. Yeah, right now, here's where we are. Right now, we're. Uh a little over a week away from the draft when we're speaking. Um, there was a ton of, of course it's Carson Wentz. Then there was a couple of days of like right down the middle, 50, 50 between fans, between prognosticators, between analysts, between uh, NFL officials. Um, and now it seems like it's a fait accompli for whatever reason. I don't know how, how these things, how these, rumor mills like uh take on a life well it's well pretty well known that the browns wanted goff and it's pretty well known that that the eagles preferred wentz so you know if anything you, you look at that trade and, and you go okay well there there you go um you know initially a lot of people thought that the upside and and the and the you know the personal and physical characteristics of wentz uh, the rams would go, go for but uh there are and there are other you know big factors why rams you know I think that's, Goff. yeah, I think that. So let's start talking about Wentz yeah. versus Goff. What, who, who's the better player? Who's the better player for the Rams? You talked about size. Wentz is six foot five, 235 pounds. Everyone's talking about his, maybe six, five and a half. I've read a few different places. Everybody's talking about his classic NFL quarterback size. They're comparing him to Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, right? Um, Goff, meanwhile, is six foot four. Right. Uh, and 215 pounds. And a lot thinner. A lot thinner, but he's also two, he's 20 years old. Right. He's two year, two and a half years younger than the guy that's not developed. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I just see, you know, people talk about, people point to physicality and Wentz's ceiling being higher than Goff. I point, I point to physicality and Goff's ceiling being higher than Wentz because Goff is two years younger uh, yeah, I I don't buy the whole upside, uh, you know, thing. But I will say that that it goes beyond physicality. I mean, I, you know, mentally, I think that it, there's no one I've seen like like Wentz. I mean, you look at his interviews, and it's hard not to be enamored by him. The guy has a good head on his on his shoulder. Um, but that being said, uh, I, I I kind of agree. I, I disagree. I, I see, By the way, I disagree. I don't think that's. I don't. You don't think, don't think that he's he's a, a smart I, guy. Well, I think he's a. For an NFL quarterback, he's probably <laughs> above average, I would say. But I think you there's a reason you immediately alluded to the interviews. He put a, he put on a, a very um, he passes the eye test. He yes, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, he was very he's very demonstrative when he talks about defenses. He's enthusiastic, which is why I thought that he'd be great for Jeff Fisher. And you want a leader? But that doesn't mean you want a leader at QB. Yeah. Okay. Goff played, you know, games with separated sh- shoulders in his throwing arm. You know, I mean, uh, I'm not making an yeah. argument for, uh, for Wentz, just, by the way, in terms of I, intelligence, yeah. I, you know, I, I think decision, I don't really care about the guy's 4.0 grade point average, which by the way, he had it, you know, like, is that more impressive than if Goff had a 3.0 at Berkeley? <laughs> like, I mean, he got a 4.0 at North Dakota state in in that's a, if our children if our children let's we be honest know. yeah if we our children went to north dakota state and brought home a 4.0 would we be going we'd be tickled silly no <laughs> we also 4. don't 0. know who's taking these tests so sure um <laughs> i i think that you know i i see i see wentz is most likely being joe flacco with the outside chance of of him being ben roethlisberger to me uh goff is most likely going to be uh matt ryan and and uh, you know, I, maybe there's there's a shot that he's better than that, but I think he's going to be a good QB. Uh, that's the most likely scenario, and that's why I I think um, that 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 he's the better pick for the Rams. He's he not only is he safer, but you know I, I think he's just you know what you want in a QB. He's he's accurate and he has awareness. Uh, those are the two biggest things that that I look for for in a QB. Makes quick decisions leads receivers although he's not going to be lead, leading the greatest bunch of receivers his first year with the team but maybe you know the first year with also, the team doesn't matter he played um at a school that gave him no offensive line help whatsoever right. like one of the worst offensive lines in, in in college and and frankly i see that as a big plus <laughs> given the fact that that he'll be playing in front of a very young right. uh needing to approve uh, offensive line for the rams um, people make uh, a big deal about Wentz's deep ball, but he did not connect on deep passes with the frequency. Goff has much be- better accuracy on the deep pass. That's definitely correct. Uh, statistically, um, we talk Wentz is from is playing you know in an inferior competition, but he did play in an NFL style offense. Okay, against inferior competition and didn't dominate as much as Goff did with superior competition. Wentz's career day, um, career high passing was 335 yards. Um, Goff averaged 330 yards a game. Um, In a kind of pass style offense, though. mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. mean, there's there's all sorts of caveats to, to this. 
I mean, I don't know what would, what are the rushing numbers for Wentz too, but he seems like a much bigger, better dual threat. Um, you know, if you're playing in that, if you want to develop a QB for that for that type of role, I think that Wentz would be better. I, you know, my first reaction, I, I, I flip flop myself, you know, because I'm always let we're going for the Super Bowl or nothing. So why not roll the dice on the guy with the higher ceiling? I, where I changed my mind is that I just think Goff has a higher ceiling. Just because a guy has a lower floor doesn't mean he has a higher ceiling. Um, so that's where I stand. I'm very yeah. I, I don't I don't know who has the higher ceiling. Actually, I do think that Wentz is is more ready to contribute. Um, that's the, the only thing. That Wentz is more yeah, ready to contribute. That's, I do. Most people aren't saying that. Yeah, I know. He he has to develop. Uh, you know, the ability to to read progressions and and, and so forth. But I think that that um his physical skills will, will at least carry him to a level that, that, you know, he can be a valuable contributor uh, day one. And, you know, Eagles might not ask him to do that. Um, so it, it might all be moot, but uh, I, you know, I, I think that Goff has actually some, some, some things that he needs to improve on. All right. So that's a lot. We've talked a lot about on field, you know, stuff. What about personality? Where is the cultural fit better in your mind? Um, you talked about, Wentz perhaps being a better Jeff Fisher fit. Um, and I think also, I mean, the people I've seen a lot of comparisons to Steve McNair also came from a small school and Jeff Fisher took him under his wing and it really paid off. And when Jeff Fisher took the big school guy, the Vince Young, it ended up doing him in. So, but what about Los Angeles? What do, who do you think is going to, from what you know about these two guys, uh, their personalities, their you hobbies, know, their backgrounds, their what they tweet. Um, who's gonna Who's gonna fit in better here? Honestly, I don't, I don't feel like I know Goff at all. I, he seems like a very uh, reserved kind of guy. You don't get the sense that he's particularly comfortable giving media interviews quite yet. Um, but he did grow up in California. He he is familiar with the area, so so you one would suspect that he should adapt to the to the to the culture here. Um, Loves the San Francisco Giants. That could be a problem. <laughs> and the uh, 49ers, too. He said that he was hoping to be drafted by them. I did not see yeah. that too. But yeah. that's also that I feel like that is double edged because yeah. that's fun because now we're just like really fucking with them <laughs> by choosing like Niner fans to play for the that I like. Um, that doesn't bother me so much as much as like the San Francisco Giants. Like, what's he going to do when the Dodgers and the Giants are in a pennant race? Um, he's a Taylor Swift fan. I, w- I will say that most twenty-year-olds uh, are. I guess. Yeah. I guess you could. You could. But he's out there. Um, make you know, trying to. He's actually. Uh, he's hoping that they can connect on social media. Uh, very soon. I'm I've sure read. knowing Taylor Swift's history, they'll be dating soon. And uh, well, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's a bad. That's a bad pair to you. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, Wentz is, seems like a more religious guy, I think. Um, a, um, you know, I mean, he's the big, he's cover of ESPN magazine. You read, you read that story. I mean, he's, you know, from North Dakota that he is, he could, they say he could run for governor of North Dakota right now. Um, seems much more comfortable in front of the camera, much more. Wentz is adaptable. I mean, he, he seemed... He seems to be, you know, very comfortable in his own skin. Um, you know, well, he, he, seem, yeah. he seems like, a, you know, a great guy who would be on Hard Knocks uh, yeah. and get along with Jeff Fisher and be a leader of a team. 
So, you know, well, from, Goff from, is mysterious. Like, I feel like he is definitely mysterious. Yeah. We don't know. Anything. He, even lo- he yeah. looks a little like I've, a few people have mentioned this. Uh, he looks a little like Ryan Gosling and he's just like a Ryan, a mysterious, like Ryan Gosling character. Um, dark brooding, you know, it's funny. These two, you know, types like the, the sort of good old boy and the like, I mean, we, the Rams quarterbacks throughout history have generally fit into one of these categories in a way. There was always the, for every Waterfield, there was a Van Brocklin for, you know, for the name, the, you know, that you had on one side, the, the Waterfield and the Namath and the uh, Vince Ferragamo, this extremely charismatic type uh, Hollywood style quarterback. And then this like sort of country boy who didn't quite fit in, um, but somehow managed. So what do you see, Goff? I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think. I mean, on one at hand, the end he, of the day, up, he grew up in California. These guys, but he seems to be the more country boyish. I don't think any of these guys are formed. I mean, Joe Namath was formed, you know, when he was twenty years old. But the, I don't think either of these guys are formed. I think certain guys go their whole career without uh, exactly. You know, Jim Everett to me struck me as a guy that straddled both of those camps. It was always awkward when he like tried to be all Hollywood and be on the cover of GQ. I, feel, um, I felt the same way about Sam Bradford too. Yes, absolutely. And on one hand, he dated supermodels. He would, you'd see photos of him at Coachella, but on the other hand, his like favorite thing in the world was to like play ping pong with Danny and Danny Amendola. So yeah. yeah and um, it, it's, it's, I think frequently a Rams quarterback will very neatly tuck himself into one of those two categories. Um, I think it's more likely Goff is more likely to embrace Hollywood and Hollywood life than, than Wentz is. Well, we'll certainly see right away. I mean, <laughs> Art Knox is, a, you know, it's going to be a big storyline, how, how this, you know, how Goff adapts. And we'll be talking about it. Thank you for listening to The Greatest Show on Grass podcast, part of the Sideshow Network. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And spread the word to friends interested in pro football, Hollywood, and their sometimes ridiculous overlap. 